What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Constructing the Beast. As always, I am your ferocious host with the most, Darius Riddick, a.k.a. Riddick the Lion. And wow, here we are once again with another chance, another moment, another opportunity to devour today and dominate tomorrow. If this is your first time tuning in, then, huh, man, I want to say, hey, thank you and welcome to this amazing movement and this amazing family that we're building of just hard chargers. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're in for a treat. So I, I really encourage you to go back and listen to some of the previous episodes so that way you can be caught up with us as much as possible because we don't want you to miss out on any of the information we're providing. And if this is your third, fourth, fifth, or however many times you are tuning in, man, welcome back. As always, I'll say it once, I'll say it twice, and I'll continuously say it every single time because without you, none of this would even be remotely possible. You all keep the dream alive, and for that, I am forever grateful. If you were unaware, the Constructing the Beast movement right, is about creating a more dominant ass-kicking society day in and day out, not just for us, but for generations to follow. But we're no longer focusing on just dominating every day. We are going to war. That's right. We're going to war, ladies and gentlemen. We are trying to dominate the battlefield. And today, we're going to go to war with weeping. And for those of you that don't know what that means... You're about to find out. Weeping is something that we all, as humans, uh, well, most of us, (laughs) encounter on uh, a multitude of occasions. I mean, on a day-to-day basis, it's something we have to deal with frequently. But my point is to help us be more aware of when these things happen and to control them and to take action upon them because there's no need in suffering and things that we don't need to, right? That's the point of dominating, becoming successful, right? Learning yourself and doing things that is going to make you better. So weeping is something that we are going to try and defeat on a daily basis. You know, it's an acronym that stands for worrying excuses, expectations, and pride. When you put them together, you're weeping, and uh, that's not good. So first things first, worrying. I would like someone to message me, someone out there that can give me an idea of it, because I, I really don't know. What is the positive outcome of excessive worrying? Now, to be honest here, I'm a... <laughs> Uh, if you message me, I'm, I'm definitely going to say, um, whatever it is, I'm going to tell you you're wrong all day long because there is no point really in just excessive worrying without taking action towards it. We focus on so many things, right? We are just busy, busy people as a society, mentally, physically, emotionally, so many things going on that it's very easy to worry about things that are easily controlled or easily ticked off outfits, money, Uh, family problems, all these other things, if we take action towards them, it will quell that worry. The simple and easiest solution to that is just being prepared. For example, for a lot of us, we're we're not the best test takers. And I remember in high school, I was a terrible test taker. I mean, I used to do the whole sweating profusely and 
I, I didn't, I never got any B's or A's. It was always C's or D's just because I did not know the concept, the science behind taking a test. But my problem was the weeks leading up to the test, I wouldn't study. I wouldn't prep the night before. I wouldn't look at any test taking tips. I wouldn't ask any of the people in the classroom like, hey, want to study together or maybe I can help you out with this, help you out with that. I just wasn't prepared in order to take these big tests. But instead of taking those actions that I knew would have helped me with something that I struggled in and that was a weakness, I just filled myself with worry. And as always, when it came down to test time or game time, performance time, it was always the inevitable because I was repeating that same exact cycle. And that's the biggest point. Think about the things that you worry about on a daily basis. And, and in the big scheme of things, think about how small they actually are. Even if they may seem big, think about where they fall in the entirety of your life. If there's something that you can do, even if it's very small, because those small things compound into larger ones in order to rectify a problem. If you can do those things, that's what you need to do. And it will slash that worry. Because you will feel that sense of preparation. You will feel that sense of readiness in order to take on whatever that problem is. You know, most of the time when we know what we need to do, we we won't do it. We'll make up, which leads into the E, excuses in order to not do those things or, or to just forget about them or to push them off to the side. And honestly, that's avoidance and running away and that's the most detrimental thing to your mental state and your life that you can possibly do you know it's so funny because the people who really who really spend a lot of time around me who who know me very well are very tact when they come to to saying anything to me or to talk to me about a lot of things because when they do they already know what the reaction is going to be anytime someone tells me something or i'm around someone they know that I'm going to tell them, hey, you're making excuses or, mm-hmm, yep, yep, uh, yeah, sounds like you're just making excuses or you're making excuses, man, every single time. And sometimes I realize that people don't even want to say things to me because of that, but that is an amazing thing. That is absolutely beautiful. And I take so much pride in that because I would rather someone have that self-realization of, hey, maybe he's right. Maybe I am making excuses and there's other ways to fix this or, or man, that guy, I can't even tell him anything. He's an asshole. Man, he always says that I'm making it. That is okay. I am okay with that because I, my, my reality is that every day I have to put up with the hardest, most difficult person in the world. The biggest competition, the biggest hard ass. The person that's always that's always at his weakest or always at his strongest has back and forth every single day. And he's in the mirror. And I can't let that man make excuses. So why would I let the people that surround me or surround that man make excuses as well? And I'm not just talking about um, the big ones. You know, I'm talking about the small ones, the blatant ones as well. Because like I say all the time, the small things continuously compound. And it becomes habitual. When you make one, two, three, four small excuses, it, it makes it seem like it's okay. And it keeps happening and happening and happening. The biggest area I see this happening is, I mean, other than everyday life, is in fitness. 
You know, be, being being a trainer or being an athlete, you know, compiling all this stuff together, I see it all the time. And I understand because I started at one point as well, and I used to make those excuses. But that's why I have the ability now to say that stuff doesn't get you anywhere. Because what I had to do is completely throw all of that out the window to get where I am now. So on days when it was really, really cold in like southern Oklahoma, I mean like negative two degrees and, you know, it's barren out there. And there's really the fitness culture is pretty much dead or it's raining or, you know, you're super tired from staying up all night. You get two or three or four hours of sleep, however it may be. And you just don't feel like doing it. So you start making these excuses. Oh, I'm tired. You know, I don't need to go to the gym right now. Or, oh, man, I don't have any food. I can't go to the gym on an empty stomach. Or, man, it's cold and rainy. Like, I don't want to go to the gym and, you know, get wet. And, then you know, I'm probably going to get sick. And it's all just a bunch of malarkey. Just a bunch of excuses that people make uh, to, to tell themselves to, to justify the, the mediocrity. Honestly, you know, if, if I'm being frank. Because if you really wanted something bad enough, there wouldn't be a snowball's chance in hell of anything as menial as weather or a little bit of eye crusties or you being hungry to stop you from getting to where you want to be. And if you make those excuses for your dreams, the things that you want the most in life, you can guarantee that they're going to happen on a daily basis in everything that you do. If you ask yourself in my work center, why have I not made this position? Why have I not made this rank? Why am I not there? Do you show up earlier than everyone? Do you stay later? Do you do extra things that other people aren't doing. It's not because that that woman or that man is the golden child and they're kissing up to the boss. But what is it that you as a worker or you as a person or you as a CEO are not doing that other people are? What can you do more? Do you do things more inside the work center and outside to better yourself? What more could you possibly do? You should always be at a level where you realize you can do more because your competition is yourself, not everyone else. When you are the absolute best person that you can be and you don't make excuses for you not being where you should be, that's how you get well past these levels that you can never imagine yourself. And you look back, you're like, damn, man, I can't believe I made it this far. I mean, think about it. I don't think we realize how much potential we actually have because we make those excuses to satisfy the mediocrity that is that part of our mind that tries to take over. Anything that we imagine, when we work at it, it eventually comes true. It's easier for, for others and it's harder for others, but that's just circumstantial. If you continuously work at it, greatness is going to overcome any circumstance. It's the doubt and the excuses that stop people from actually getting to where they can be in life. And as, as we're constantly working, when we go through these excuses and we go through these things, we think that just because we've done a certain thing or we signed up for a certain job or that we've met a certain person and we've done X amount of work, right? We expect that what we picture in our mind should be given to us. 
And I can, I'm almost 100% positive that if you have these expectations, right, that every time you do a certain thing, you should be given something in return, or you should, you should get this amount of work back, or, or like if you do this for this person, this person should show you the same respect in return. I guarantee if you have those kind of expectations, you will always be disappointed. You will always be let down because you are going to expect the best for yourself. That is how it should be. You are the only person that has to live your life. But what you have to realize is not everybody is going to have the same intentions as you. So whenever you put in effort, you have to know that what you are doing is for your own reasons, not in the expectation that you'll get something back, not in the expectation that somebody will return that favor to you, not in the expectation that all that hard work you put in is going to give 100% return. Because if you give 100% effort, you'll probably get 20% return. But if you constantly give that 100% effort, you will get so much in return that that 100% will seem, it'll seem small. Because you'll continuously grow, you'll continuously do better, and you continu- continuously build upon everything that you've earned. Don't let the expectation of a transaction stop you from putting in 100% effort. You know, a lot of the people, you know, they see my company and they see that, that uh, you know, I'm an MPT and they ask me for advice. They're like, oh man, like you did this and this and this, like, hey. I just want to do this and like this is what I'm trying to do. And they're like I tried X Y and Z. I tried everything. And I'm like, "Well, you know, you just told me that you only tried X Y and Z. What about A B C D E F G, you know, all the letters of the alphabet? There's 26 of them. You only did 3." And that's the same concept that goes every time when someone tries to say they tried everything. You know, most of the time, people have only tried you know, five, six, seven, even eight things. And there's still so many left out to try. When I first started in the fitness game, even tried to try to even learn what was going on, I tried four, five, seven, eight, nine. Web- I can't even remember how many websites I tried. I tried so many different remedies, so many different workout plans, so many different supplements. And I felt like I was going nowhere, but I have made it to where I am now, and I can honestly tell you, with my company, with everything I've done, I have only scratched the surface. There is so much left to the iceberg in order to pick at that I, I, I can't even imagine. I'm almost overwhelmed because I know I won't have hundreds and hundreds of years to live just to learn it all. But I'm so excited for the journey because I know there's so much to take in. And I'm not expecting to learn it all. But I do know that what I learn is going to be great to pass on to other people so they can realize that, hey, look, this is all about what we learn and how we implement it. So sometimes when you when you think you've tried it all, even if you have tried it all, let's 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 I'll humor you. Let's say you have tried it all. It's all about how you implement it. And if you have tried it all, don't think you know it all. Because you haven't. Because that's where pride is going to come back and bite you in the ass. I also have people 
come to me all the time where they think they know it all. They're they're a bodybuilder, or I think they've done like one amateur show or something like that. They think they have it all together. And whenever I try to give them advice, they're like, "Oh yeah, thanks, thanks for the unsolicited advice, man." It's like now if that's the way that people are going to think then you are in for a rude awakening because no matter how much of an expert you may think you are or how much of an expert somebody may come off as no one has the answers to everything and no one is able to do it all alone no matter how much they may say, oh, you know, I did it all by myself and, and I made it here because of me. That is so it's that is untrue. One hundred percent. Nobody is able to accomplish anything amazing alone. They may have some team member or something that motivated them along the way or something that broke them down and they had the ability to motivate themselves to get back up. But nothing is done alone. It's all a team effort. In that pride of thinking that you know it all or that you are a lone wolf and that you can make it through life alone is where you're going to find yourself. And when you need someone, no one's going to be there. So don't suffer in silence. Don't raise your chin to someone and pretend like you have all the answers because you don't. At some point, whenever we are doing things, carrying ourselves through our day to day throughout life, you will need help. I guarantee it. You will need help and you will need answers. And someone you know or someone out there has those answers. They have that knowledge or something that you can gain from them in order to make yourself better. But you have to swallow your pride to get that information. Even if it's for a moment, you have to practice swallowing that pride constantly because it'll make you better at it. And it'll realize that you need to humble yourself. Humility is an amazing thing, right? It teaches you a lot about yourself. It teaches you a lot about other people. But the most important thing is it helps you realize that you cannot achieve anything worth achieving alone. And, you know, it works on the opposite side of the spectrum as well. So whenever you do find your niche, whenever you do become a leader in some sort of position or some sort of field, Right, The true progression comes from you paying it forward to those that are seeking that information because that's how we continuously create a dominating society. We take the information that we learned previously, we mix it in a big pot with innovation, and the result is this amazing pot of creation and information that we continuously build upon. You know, I had a realization not too long ago, or I had to explain this, and if you go listen to the previous episode, it'll make sense, but what I thought about is, you know, we were all, or some of us still are, that person just seeking information, looking to become better in some field. We all have some sort of dream. Even the big people, the big names on the TV screen, you know, the head honchos, the CEOs, the celebrities, the icons, the idols. We all started somewhere. And if we're somewhere in between, let's say, a D-list and an A-list celebrity, if we're somewhere in there, why we have people that we look up to, that we want to be like, that we hope one day will look at us and say, great job. 
that would look at us as if we were doing things with conviction and we were moving in the right towards the right path. How can we have that sort of expectation, that sort of prideful expectation with those above us, quote unquote, the successful people that have built something for themselves and not help those, quote unquote, below us, the people that are trying to get to the position that we've made? That's a contradictory expectation. How would you feel? If your mentor, somebody that you looked up to, told you that you were garbage, told you that you weren't doing things right, you were doing things completely opposite, that made you feel just outright low about yourself, or that didn't even want to help you, say they couldn't say they couldn't hurt you, right? Words can't hurt. They couldn't tell you anything because you know that you're the only person that that knows your worth. Okay, fair enough. But say if that person told you that they didn't want to help you, you worked so hard just to get that person to see you. And that was your mentor forever. Somebody you looked up to, your idol. And they said, nah, I don't want to help you. How, how would you feel? The same way that someone who looks up to you would feel if you were prideful and didn't want to help them because you felt like they had to earn it. Or you didn't want to pay the information forward because pff, you had to work for it. <laughs> Why don't they? That is not the way that we should live if you truly want to make a difference if you truly want to be someone of excellence someone that people go to someone that people look up to someone that people want to be like it's all about paying that information forward baby and letting people know hey it's gonna be okay just keep focusing on you keep working hard stay genuine and don't weep. And life is good. We some warriors. My mama told me never bow your head. I feel good.